0: to the Game Raven Review Podcast. I am back as your host, and my name is Sam. And as I am every week, not last week, last week doesn't count, um, I am joined by some very talented individuals. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about localization and translation. But before we get into any of that, I'd like to introduce who I have with me this week, starting with Rhenius, aka Jen. How are you doing?
1: Doing good. It's nice to see you all again. Thank you for having me. It's very early here in the Philippines, but I'm doing it for you guys because I love you. <laughs>
0: now, when you say early, how early is early? It's,
1: I woke up at 6.30 a.m. and it's now mm.
0: Mm, 7.30. That
2: God bless you.
0: Better man than me. Better person than me. I would have been like, puppet, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, Also joining us this week, Ode, how are you doing?
3: Hey, hey, hey. How's everyone? I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me again. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you for joining us again. Put a little extra oomph on your name there. A little oomph there. Um <laughs> and next we have Emily, aka Whitefoot. How are you?
4: I'm pretty good. Um been moving lately, so I'm a little tired and a little stressed, but doing okay. How are you, Sam?
0: I am also moving, and also stressed, <laughs> and also tired. Again, I just, just want to live outside and just just be in the wilderness as a, as a wild man.
4: Just forget the whole
0: thing. Uh, and as we kind of have every week, these two individuals are mainstays here on the GERP podcast, and that would be Puppet. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm so happy to have uh, all these wonderful people on the
0: podcast with us. And Last but certainly not least, we have Taz. How are you?
5: Heyo, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm glad to be on this week's podcast. I was super bummed I missed last week. I listened to it on the car ride and uh, some shots were fired. I need to add some people on Twitter, but it was a great podcast. I listened to it. I laughed a
0: lot. I'm glad to be back shots for f- see i didn't listen to it last week so i i need to make sure no shots were thrown my way no strays apparently <laughs> hitting my shoulders of whatever oh, happened last week mm. i told you
2: it got wild
0: <laughs> I, I saw those i'm like mm, how wild is wild ah uh, but thank you all for joining and being here today for the podcast and we will be right back with what we are playing see you on the other side Welcome back to the Game Raven Review podcast with one of our main segments, which is what we are playing, which is kind of self-evident. It's basically us talking about what we've been playing for the last week. And we're going to start with Verinius. What have you been playing for the last week or so?
1: I've been playing Genshin Impact on my phone. Um, I guess there's a new patch coming out there very soon. I'm also playing XCOM 2, and there's a card game that happens to be called Wizard. It's, it's different from Magic the Gathering, uh, but it's called Wizard. It's, it's like Uno, but more hardcore. So, and I played on a chat called Telegram, the chat application. So that's what I've been playing.
2: Yeah. Hardcore Uno.
1: Yeah, you have to predict how many bricks you'll get. So it's like Uno, but there's so many rounds and you have to predict how many of those rounds you get. And if you get it wrong, you don't get any points. It's kind of like bluffing and trying to block people if you can.
0: (laughs) That
2: sounds amazing. (laughs) It does. It's a a mobile game?
1: It's like a bot. You know how in Discord you have bots and there's a bot that facilitates that where you can play it with your friends in the chat group.
2: That's amazing. I'm going to have to look that up.
0: Doing Google, like finished doing Google searches, found so many different things I need to look into. Um, we are going to keep moving forward. But, hey, how are you? What have you been playing?
3: I'm good, Sam. Thanks. And if you listen, you hear that? That's <laughs> my kid screaming uh, downstairs. Um, lately, I've been trying for the very first time World of Warcraft. Um, one of... Uh, I consider him my f- a friend. Before he left Blizzard, he granted me like five years worth of um, subscriptions and some friends wanted them and some friends didn't so I pretty much have like 2-3 years worth of subscriptions for WoW so I'm playing that um, for a bit I also downloaded Final Fantasy 15 again I already finished it with the 3 Guys DLC I haven't played Ardrin 1 yet but just because my friend Miki from Deviation Games always uh, keeps bugging me to pay more attention to the story as always, Dark Souls 3. I'm playing it with some of the guys at Astro Tower Studios. And I recently uh, downloaded Pokemon Unite, that League of Legends-like Pokemon game. Now I have a new phone, all pink and beautiful, that can run, can run the game. So I've been trying that one. Hour and it's pretty, pretty damn cool.
0: Very nice. And because she is not here, and we are somewhat obligated to say so, Final Fantasy 15 critically acclaimed final fantasy 15 and that whole slew of games um poking unite is a good game again i'm not a big is it a moba is that the term i'm it's old MOBA, man yeah. being old MOBA. man um yeah it is a moba i am not familiar with mobas i just i have picked it up because i was like yeah it's free i like free yeah
3: it's free, it needs work, it needs, it needs God, polishing,
0: yes. you know, <laughs> it needs
3: polishing, balancing, but, I mean, to be able to play with Pokemon for free, yeah. considering being a Nintendo franchise, that everything is crazy expensive, for me as a South American, even more, uh, it's pretty damn neat.
0: I, like I said, I like it, I play it occasionally, you know, just as a, I have 30 minutes to spare, let me pick it up.
3: Yeah, it's a nice mobile game. I don't know if it's worthy to be on Switch.
0: No, I need a scoreboard. Like, that's my one big complaint about Pokemon Unite is I don't know what the score is. Well, yeah. Should I be battling Zapdos? I don't know. What's
3: my KDA? I don't know. Yeah, that, that happens to me also. It's like, how many times I died? How many did I kill?
0: Mm. Um, yeah oh yeah because yeah. they don't show kills or whatever and i'm like no it's just it's just i get it it's for children i understand it's for the youngins i just and i need a chat
3: i need a chat
0: you don't like the little button you can press to be like i'm gonna take the top row you i'm gonna take the bottom row and that's the only thing i can no tell no no. Me.
3: i i need chat to tell people to come back the f- out of me back me up <laughs> i need backup i'm dying here
0: i didn't jumped several times and been like where where is everyone else can you please
3: look to the map we are losing bottom can you please come
0: oh god fucking unite just just needs help but we as we move forward puppet what have you been playing
2: well (laughs) i've been playing a lot of different games but um i will just mention two of them one of which i have been absolutely impressed by it's um and you know most people know about this game but i am just now getting into it it's called inside by play dead and it is a gorgeous game um if you like little nightmares at all um it's very very little nightmares-esque um but honestly i just i've just been so impressed by the music the atmosphere the lighting is just amazing um it's a it's a platformer with um, challenging puzzles and it's like narrative based. And um, the story is, is super fascinating to me. Um, But basically you are just, um, you're this little boy um, who suddenly finds himself uh, completely alone in this like dark warehouse place. And there's some kind of project going on and you're just making your way through. And um, it's, it's just absolutely amazing. And it's, it's critically acclaimed as well for its moody art style, <laughs> as they say, but... Um, But yeah, highly recommend. Um, I am about 75% of the way through. And I've had a couple people come into my chat who are um, speedrunners of the game, which is super fascinating to me. Um, And I feel really bad for them because I take forever in the game because I die over and over again. And I'm like, why are you watching me play? (laughs) It's got to be so frustrating as a speedrunner to see me struggle. (laughs) Hardcore. Hardcore. Oh, but it's been a really good time. Um, and I met some really cool people um, who are really into the game. so um, and uh, Emily, you've played inside and I think I
4: think you're the one I heard about the game from, I think. I think so. I think you wrote it down one time um, when I was lurking in your chat during a stream, and I was like, dude, you have to play inside because it is one of my favorite games, the atmosphere, the music. The fact that there is no dialogue at all. It's so impactful and yes, it's a fantastic game and one of my one of my top, probably top 10 games ever, probably.
2: Wow. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even think about there being no dialogue at all. It's amazing how they tell so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and honestly, my favorite parts of the game so far have been the water levels (laughs) where you're like swimming around. Um, Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It is. It is just gorgeous. Wow. Yeah. So thank you for (laughs) introducing me to the world of Inside.
4: Happy to promote anything Playdead Studios makes because they're amazing. Also Limbo, if you've never played Limbo, it's also pretty dang good.
2: Yeah. So that's next on the list. I haven't played Limbo, um, but definitely I've had many people mention, hey, you should play Limbo if you love this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, My next game that I, uh, I demoed a game. This last week on our Game Raven channel called Lovecraft Tales, and it's another beautiful game. Um, the artwork is is gorgeous. The atmosphere is gorgeous, um, and it's like a it's a dark puzzle adventure game. And um, surprise, it's set in the Lovecraft H.P. Lovecraft universe, <laughs> and um, it's based on the Dunwich horror uh, story by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, and it's got like i it has pretty challenging puzzles but i think what got me the most was um the uh the monsters they're they're kind of like eldritch type monsters and um it it's just it's creepy and horrifying but also beautiful (laughs) um anyway so that's that's coming out um here pretty soon um and I, I'm pretty pretty excited for it. It's another um, 2D platformer. So, um, yeah, those have been my two. I've been into the uh, the atmospheric, creepy type type games this week.
0: I mean, it is the spooky month. It is the spooky it month. It
2: is. It's my, it, my favorite month of the year, yes.
0: And I'm looking at Lovecraft Tales. I like the kind of motion comic-y thing they have going on here. Love that. It looks like... I I don't know to call this art like it's just very comic bookish, which I appreciate.
2: Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, the voice actor—he <laughs> sounds amazing.
0: This looks good though. This little steed. Do I get to fight or meet Cthulhu at all?
2: <laughs> I I don't know. I only got to demo it, so it was just like the first. I think it was like it's a short demo. It's like twenty minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, there were some uh creepy monsters in there, and shocking things
4: happen. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: I do see a logo here with a squid-looking kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
4: No gravity games. I like their uh, studio name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything can happen in no gravity.
5: It's very true.
0: Thank you, Puppet and Taz. What have you been playing?
5: Uh, you know, I haven't changed a whole lot since last time I was on here, since I mentioned um still rocking pretty much the same games uh i'm playing some gotcha games konosuba fantastic days based off of one of the greatest animes of all time and girl cafe gun uh another great one very intense story i have to like keep up i play those when i'm at work and i'm like bored uh same with uh, magic gathering arena on mobile um been pretty great um been rocking there like halloween sets and stuff i forgot what it's like the official title name is called for the cards but it's been pretty good uh rocked platinum rank uh before it changed over i was pretty proud of that was really proud of that um and then i'm still trying to go through like my sit down games trying to go through my backlog starting with borderlands 3 um i'm about a little over halfway done with my first playthrough before i do new game plus with a new different character um, it's great so far. I love the story. I love how you know. There's a lot of different series that. I mean, I feel like uh, Borderlands has this unique feel of reoccurring characters, especially character development, and not just only you because you play a different character each time. But like in the first game, you can play as Lilith. In the second game, you watch Lilith become the leader of the Crimson Raiders, and the third one, she's like trying to you know take don't take on all the baddies and you know and sequentially like in the second game you can play as zero a space assassin and in the third game you watch him do his thing for atlas corporation things like that while you're playing as a different character um you don't see a lot of like the prequel characters i was realizing uh but i i, I still like it it's it's something i kind of grew up with in, in in like my middle school high school days um, so kind of seeing that character development is pretty, pretty good, pretty solid, straightforward shooter. You know, you blow stuff up, you know, you, you destroy some baddies, you know, not that complicated of a, of a gameplay experience, kind of a definitely a loot and shoot type deal. If no one's experienced Borderlands, very fun, high adrenaline, just uh, you can kind of breeze through it. Um, but that's kind of what I'm rocking, I'm trying to go through my backlog of of things. So that's what I'm doing.
0: Very nice. And Emily, what have you been playing?
4: I have been playing the full, well, not quite the full release of a game called Potion Craft, which I wrote a little editorial about for Game Raven Review all the way back in April. I really enjoyed the demo, and so I've been waiting and waiting for this game. There's still some things that aren't completely fleshed out, um, but it's nice play games um, I think it's their like magnum opus so far. It's really amazing and and just really entertaining. You just craft potions and and sell potions and talk to people and harvest ingredients and it's really fun and very hands on. I li- I like it a lot. I love the art style. Um, also, have been playing through Fireproof Games, um, the Room series, which is really amazingly detailed um, puzzle games. Basically, you're in a room and you need to figure out kind of these a lot of antique, almost steampunk kind of like contraptions, like a desk that has more panels than you would have ever expected it to have. And you're like, okay, how how does this little box have so many (laughs) things that unfold and there's puzzles in each like panel of the box? Um, I played through the room for Old Sins not that long ago that one was really fun and i'm kind of going backwards in the series i played through the third one and now i'm doing the first one so i'm really playing them all out of order but there is i don't believe you can i believe you can play them out of order and it's still fine but i'm really impressed with those they're very mysterious and uh interesting and they can really challenge your cognitive strengths for sure um i try to get through them without cheating but i think i've had to look up just one thing for each game. I always had to look up, okay, I cannot crack this. What do I have to do? And the answer is always like, oh, duh. So that's been really fun. And then finally uh, I've been playing The Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion, Game of the Year edition, which I have never played. I didn't get into anything Elder Scrolls until years after Skyrim came out, probably like 2014 or something. And um, I was like, it's been it's been a really long time. I remember watching my roommate play it in college, and I'm like, you know, I should play this since apparently uh, the next Elder Scrolls game isn't going to come out for who knows when. I mean, it's been ten years since Skyrim, and I'm like, okay, what are you guys doing? Like, I know they just made what is it called Death Loop. Um, my husband's been playing that. Um, you know, that's fine, but I'm like, where's the Elder Scrolls? please make another one so i just went back and played the old one so i've been playing oblivion just started it pretty good
5: the 10th anniversary of skyrim will have fishing Ooh. so there you oh go oh my
4: gosh you know and that's such like a um crafting exploration world i don't know like standard thing what's the <laughs> word i'm looking for like they all have fishing yeah why doesn't skyrim have fishing? Skyrim <laughs> is terrible, that's why.
0: Whoa, I mean, whoa. Oh, whoa. whoa. I wasn't gonna say it.
4: I just want them to
2: come out with a new game because I want people to stop talking about Skyrim. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure Sky Skyrim was on like PlayStation 3. Like I- Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure.
2: It's a classic. It's yeah, so
0: cool. Yeah. All right. So Zoccar and I we'll have stop. time,
2: but we don't have to get into that. Oh pop it.
4: I know. You're my friend and I love you, but I don't. I don't. I, don't, I just need you puppet.
3: I, I don't like Skyrim. Unpopular opinion.
2: Unpopular like. opinion. Hot take here on the podcast. I
4: say have your unpopular opinions, you know. Yeah.
3: Thank you
1: very much. To
4: your stick with your heart. What does your heart tell you? Stick with that.
1: I've yeah. never played Skyrim, so
4: It's okay.
0: Unpopular opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was making wise this actually did come out on the PlayStation 3. Oh, yeah, yeah it did.
4: Oh, it like it's on. 10 years old, man. It's yeah, an old. 20, game. 2011. An oldie but a Yeah, okay.
3: they can make another game like by now. Yeah. It's okay. You you guys can do it. If anyone at Bethesda is listening, go ahead and do the, Do the next one, please.
0: Pick it up. This needs to be on the Switch, it needs to be on your phone. It needs to be on the PlayStation 7 because we're not <laughs> making anything. It will new. be.
4: It will be. It
0: will be. Sorry, Bethesda, but come on. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> if people keep buying it and it keeps coming out as the exact same thing to the point that we can make an anniversary edition that now has fishing, as we mentioned. It's like an RPG. I think all RPGs kind of have some kind of fishing mechanic. Um, Like, that's not a feature. Like, I'm sorry. that's <laughs> That's not the, hey, go buy this for the how many times
4: second or third time
0: one two three four five six seven so at least eight ish things at least two generations behind like your computer from 2011 can still play this game oh god anywho Skyrim will be there for your children's children um (laughs) and what have i been playing i've been playing um unload the box and put the thing where you put it Last time in the new house. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) just been unpacking and then looking at Box and being like, who put this on here? This doesn't go here. Who did?
4: There is a game. I don't know when it's coming out, but it it is based off of moving. You unpack your stuff and you put it away.
0: No, I just, I don't need my art imitating my my life right (laughs) now.
4: (laughs) The hardest, one of the hardest parts of life. Yeah. I don't know. It looked kind of fun. Looks fun
0: a year from now I'll look at that and be like oh remember those times yeah this is fun (laughs) now it's like I'm just gonna just live out of these boxes for the next (laughs) year tell me I can't
4: yeah it's called Unpacking it's literally called Unpacking it's supposed to come out this year
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's called Unpacking I love it so yes I have played um, nothing Um, I know added to the list of weeks that I've played nothing but thank you all for you know sharing what you've been playing for the last week or so And we'll be right back with the question of the week. Stay tuned. Welcome back to GERP and in this week's podcast for question of the week, we, as we do every week, ask a question that we post on our discord, which if you would like to join our discord, you can go to GameRavenReview.com and there's a link to our discord right on that page. So this is the question that I pulled for this week. Again, we are in the spoopy, spooky month. And what is scarier than tiny animals? Am I right? am I right So question is how do you feel about spiders in games and we'll start with puppet cuz I know she loves spiders she does
2: Uh spiders in games? Yeah, no. Nope. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not at all. I I don't I don't I don't do that. I don't like it. I I play I play horror games um and you know, I experience a lot of really spoopy things. Um but spiders yeah i don't know what it is i mean my mom used to tell me well the spider is more afraid of you than you are of it and i'm just like i don't think you understand the level of of scared i am right now mom i don't think you understand <laughs> so yeah no i i don't nope don't don't do them yep no literally i mean it i will have nightmares. I have had nightmares about spiders. Um, in games, it it has made me fear <laughs> being in bed because I just, ugh, I don't like it. Nope. Okay, I'm done.
0: <laughs> what was that cute spider name that was on like YouTube like five years ago?
2: Oh, you know, that heard? little guy. Yeah. yeah, Lucas the
0: spider. Oh,
2: he's so cute. So
0: let's say Lucas the spider is in your game. Do we change your opinion a little?
2: Okay, so let me clarify. If I'm expecting the spider, it's a whole different ballgame. Like, my best friend in high school, she had a tarantula named Rose, and she was beautiful. And I loved holding Rose. I loved hanging out with Rose. If I know that this spider is here, we're friends, you know, like... I've. We have an agreement. You know, I don't bother you. You don't bother me. That's fine. But every time they're in games, it's always when I least expect it. And I'm just like, and I'm forced to, I don't know, kill them or do something with them. And I'm like, nope. I don't don't like feeling trapped. If I see a spider that I'm not expecting, I want to be able to run away. But games don't let you do that. They're they're like no you're here and you're gonna fight this spider now and I'm like no I'm not what oh God nope
1: there was one scene probably I remember when you played witch's house there was a spider there and all you had to do was feed the spider a butterfly mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you run
2: away <laughs> yeah no I <laughs> yeah I, mm-mm, that. Yeah, I I will be honest, Jin. That was the game that gave me nightmares. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> uh, no can do. Sorry.
0: So speaking of Jin, Jin, how how what are your feelings on the spider? Uh,
1: a lot has been said by 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 Puppet, so I agree in a way. Uh, it's just that games tend to. Um, villainize spiders a lot they're always normal mobs in rpgs and and they scream for some reason they scream in games to jump scare you or something but i've never heard a spider scream in real life <laughs> but they just make, terrifying you know and they always chase you they always chase you they always surprise you um but actually they're the ones running away in real life i'm not i'm not that. Scared. I used to be scared of spiders, but after like reading articles about it and animal videos, and actually seeing people keep different species of spiders as pets, they're actually not that aggressive as I thought they were, and that just calmed me down. So, uh, but in games, like if I have to kill them, I kill them because they're enemies. But uh, yeah, I gotta feel bad. <laughs> That's how I feel about spiders in games.
2: Yeah, I never thought about that. Like, let's talk about representation of spiders in games for a second. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't make any noise in real life. And they don't. Yeah, most of them are not aggressive because they know that <laughs> you can kill them. So they're not going to go after you. But in games, man, it's just they force you to 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 encounter these things. And it's like, nope.
1: Even in movies, in fantasy movies.
2: You know what? We need better representation of spiders.
0: So, the spider needs a better PR person. Yes. True. Mm.
4: true. So, Puppet, you're a spider advocate. You just don't want to encounter that. I,
0: I think we turned Puppet. Like, I think we might have turned Puppet into being <laughs> the advocate that the spider needs.
4: <laughs> right.
0: That character building right there.
2: It <laughs> is. Wow. That happened within, like, what, two minutes?
0: <laughs> Game spider review.
4: You were right on the edge. <laughs> I was. I must have been
0: going to rename ourselves. We're now our Game Spider Review.
4: <laughs> I think bringing up Lucas helped cuz oh my gosh.
0: He's, he's he's adorable. He's stupid cute.
4: He is so cute. Yeah.
0: All right, Taz, how do you feel about the spider in games? And I guess in real life, too. Well, I think I don't
5: mind them cuz they're I mean uh I don't mind them to an extent. If I'm playing, you know, almost 10-year-old uh skyrim you know hack and slashing spider like giant spiders is not a bad deal yeah again uh, even in that game too they kind of like have this weird squeal yell thing <laughs> when they're attacking you and stuff giant spider come down from the nest your eggs and stuff not too bad not too bad the worst experience i had was i was playing a vr game for spooky saturday called uh propagation vr and it's this you stand like a very static stand in one place you're in vr you're in a subway station you're shooting up zombies and stuff classic but then you know i got through the way it was actually a very horrifying game you got through the one wave of you know you realize that the zombies can like shoot at you and like and run at you and a different type of zombie that's like blind but like horrifying uh i'm like okay i, I got this you know it's not a big deal and then the train like the the, the power went on the train moved but then behind the train was this like this 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 sequence of webbing and web Mm -mm. and i'm like Mm -mm. okay 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 i can i okay i see where this is going and then i'm like okay maybe it's just a lot of tiny radioactive spiders maybe like you know maybe tarantula size maybe i can deal i just gotta shoot a lot you get my shotgun whatever and then oh, I see the squad coming in to come save me. And then one of them gets like straight up Spider-Man from a giant spider and taken up to the rafters and like dude screaming and yelling. I'm I didn't even get to the part to actually like get the wave of like gameplay. I stopped. I I like quit. I'm like, all right, happy spooky Saturday. We're out of here. Have a good night. I'm done. I I did not want to get into the the ish with these giant spiders. If I can't move, um, not what mm-hmm. I was trying to do. Uh, real life. I've been horrified by spiders, but then again, I've tried to get bitten by spiders because I thought it would turn into Spider Man. That's my ah. own little history. Um, thought that would work because ah. Spider Man my favorite. My favorite superhero. Didn't work. Just so you know, didn't work. So don't try it. Um, but yeah, that's. <laughs> that's Are you my being experience. honest?
4: like you No, straight up to-
5: yeah yeah straight up get get mama taz on here she'll Aww. tell you
2: mama taz i love it okay <laughs> i have a question taz yeah you would rather deal with a bunch a ton of little tiny spiders than you would one giant spider
5: it depends on what my my situation is like 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 similar to what i mentioned like skyrim sword yeah go for the leg easy money with giant spiders not so much, you know, but like guns with little sp- it's all about the weapon. Guns with little spiders can do. Swords with giant spiders can do. You switch those up, not going to happen. It's going to be really hard to take on a million spiders with a sword.
2: Wow. Yeah, no. I I uh I would much rather deal with the giant spider, just one, mm. you know. The 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 idea of mut uh, like a ton of little tiny spiders crawling around, oof, no. Mm-mm.
0: Now, when we say giant, are we saying the big as a sedan? Or are we saying Godzilla?
4: Like
5: I, we gotta, yeah, we gotta quantify this. Is it Skyrim? Like normal giant spiders? Or are we talking like Harry Potter giant spider? Like a
4: bear size? I think
2: literally any size. I would take over a lot of little tiny spiders. It could be the size of Earth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, that that would be upsetting. <laughs> oh my gosh Don't Do anything with that.
4: well it's Uh. either that or that video where that shed is just is just overflowing with spider no No, you've all seen that i'm sure yep no horrifying
0: (laughs) that's just dead to me now that shed is never (laughs) i don't know what you mean what shed i don't have a shed (laughs) uh all right Odie. what about you how are you on the spiders in game and in real life
3: All I can say is that a couple of new nightmares have been unlocked um, (laughs) from what everyone has said up until this moment. Um, (laughs) Just nope. please, no, no more spiders. If they are so good, like we were talking about this earlier, and if they are so good that they do good to the planet, don't put it on a game that it's going to make me feel scared and I'm going to have to kill it. No, it's like uh, if I'm scrolling through my phone and I see a spider, it's like i ha- I have to muster strength to like scroll past it because I just can't I just can't no, no, like puppet nope, nope, infinity nope. times nope
5: yeah. <laughs> yes, I
3: cannot stress it enough I'm gonna keep going to say nope. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh happy
4: spooktober everybody
3: yeah it's a pleasure being here guys thank you
4: (laughs) what are argentinian spiders like
3: um it depends on where in argentina are you based i'm in buenos aires so we have like common garden variety type of spiders like nothing nothing much but if you go to the like to the north uh, spiders can get like pretty damn interesting, like colorful, poisonous type of thing. And like the southern part of the U.S., just for you guys to get like an idea. Mm. Uh, but Oh, yeah.
2: that's where I am. Yeah.
4: I wonder if people go spidering, like instead of birding, they look for the most colorful spiders they can find. Oh,
2: yeah, probably.
3: Yet another nightmare log.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hi, so can you sorry. come be on our podcast? He's never going to come back again.
3: Traumatized. I'm gonna I'm gonna dream tonight that I'm like on a, on somewhere with my phone. It's like, oh look, Ale, and I'm like with my cell phone, just spiders taking pictures. Oh <sighs> my god! Why would anybody do that?
4: Somebody <laughs> picked this question out of five or seven other questions. <laughs> Who's responsible here?
0: you know that was me that was me thank you so
3: much sam i hope that you have a great week today
0: (laughs) oh (laughs) Oh, man i hope so too can i just say (laughs) something real
1: quick some i think it's a cultural thing and i'm not sure if everyone would know um in the philippines we do have a thing called spider battles What? what it's a thing that kids do kids do i remember when i was in grade school And we do know we've seen it in textbooks that spider battles are part of Philippine culture. I mean, it was taught to us. And actually, like when I was like ten years old, nine years old, you can go to a you know a peddler outside of school or any any shop, uh, any shop like street shop, and you can buy a a spider a box with a spider in it like a match a Mm -hmm. matchbox with a spider inside for about in in US it's probably like five cents or ten cents and what you use it to you put you take a barbecue stick like a stick you know wooden stick you put two spiders on the on the edges and then you know you watch
3: them. you watch you watch
1: one win like (laughs) eat the other one it's like
4: cockfighting but with spiders
3: how has nobody yeah how has nobody made a game out of this
4: right though
1: i'm not sure if it's still a thing today but when i was a kid it was really a thing back then (laughs) i don't know if they still sell spiders uh, these are non-small spiders. Okay, they're non-poisonous. Uh, oh. Really small ones.
2: Okay, they have made a game about this. It's called Pokemon. Have you heard of it?
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I think. I think so.
2: My mind is blown. That's like, like I'm. I'm kind of excited about that in a way, but also poor
4: spiders. <laughs> but also, I feel yeah. bad for them. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, ooh. It's just their instinct to fight and defend themselves and their territory.
3: Yeah, that, that game sucks. Um, not Pokemon, <laughs> the Spider One. The spider <laughs> one.
2: <laughs> just to clarify. Oh, I was actually not allowed to play Pokemon when I was younger because my parents thought it was like encouraging, like, um, you know, capturing animals and forcing them to fight mm-hmm. each other. <laughs> Fun fact. It
3: is what it
0: is. I mean, they're <laughs> not wrong. That's a
3: classic to have parents like banning things from children that they don't fully comprehend. Yeah. Now I heard from a lady at the store that they that you need to like, slave animals. So no, you can't play that. But mom, nope, nope, you can't. You can't play.
2: Yeah. That. But the lady at the grocery store, she knows everything. But, okay. So
0: but, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, but 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 but. Devil's Advocate, the game I love to play, just tangent on Pokemon, you are taking that animal from its home, from its family, from its friends. Yeah, and you force
3: yeah. you force it to be friends with you. And to do stuff for <laughs> yeah.
0: you. To then fight other animals for your own game. Just saying. When you
4: break it down, it sounds pretty bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I still love the game. It's just... <laughs> Which, I also love that in Pokemon when they're actually all like Pokemon poachers, and I'm like, I mean, oh, Ash, no. are you really any different? <laughs> I mean, that Bulbasaur did have, like, a whole Bulbasaur Aww. little family. And you just kind of <laughs> sure. snatched it up. Just saying. <laughs> like, that, it was protecting the other animals, and you decided to be, like, do you... Again, you asked it a question, sure. But it was, like, after you kind of beat
1: All it, the Ratata families I wrecked comes back to
4: me. <laughs> hmm <laughs> So many Rattata orphans. Oh, oh, the dark God. side of Pokemon.
1: Spiders to
2: Pokemon. Oh my gosh. Jin, look what you've done with your spider fights.
3: <laughs> it just spiraled.
4: It did. I think it's a fascinating piece of trivia.
3: I hate that game. It
1: was pay to win. You oh. had to pay for it was
3: spider. pay to win. <laughs> the reason why he hated the, the
0: reason. Oh, that's Pray kind of <laughs> coming to netflix um in 2022 again spider game
2: yeah
0: the sequel to squid game um where i would just quit and be like oh man i killed all these people but the last game is what spiders (laughs) well (laughs) time to go oh well this who sorry guys can't do this one give me that gun i'll do it myself now with all the pokemon fighting and (laughs) banter emily How do you feel about spiders? And if we make them cute, would that help the opinion some?
4: Mm, um, As for spiders in games, I actually don't mind them in games because I get to wail on them and not feel bad about it. And I can take out all my, like a lifelong of built up terror of spiders surprising me and just being in general, not very pleasant to look at. Um, Yeah, I can kill them with impunity and guilt-free murder. So I like it when spiders are in games. They creep me out but then i can just i can just kill them whereas in real life i when i see a spider i say hi spider friend because uh, they are my friends they kill they kill mosquitoes they kill all manner of insects um and i always take them outside i always try to anyway although when i bought a desk recently I found what we were pretty sure was a black widow underneath it and he was like okay you're not going to take this outside i'm going to kill it and i was like yeah that's cool oof so yes um I am not fond of spiders being near me If they're at a distance, I find them very fun to watch. and, uh, yeah, they're all right. They're okay in real life. but in games, yes, i'm I'm okay with them. i'll just I'll just destroy them utterly, and it makes me happy.
3: <laughs> I like your point of view, Emily. I like what you have going on. I'm gonna adopt it, I think.
4: Thank <laughs> you. My dad's always saying, Oh, how Buddhist of you that I don't kill spiders. <laughs> I don't like to kill anything, not even, like, flies or mosquitoes. I'm always like, sorry, dude. I know you have a right to live just as much as I do, but you're trying to suck my blood, so there's there's that. Ah. <laughs> there's that. Ah. <laughs>
0: Poor Scarlet. Just trying to live into a desk.
4: Scarlet. going to get that. Oh, okay. right, Scarlet johansson is that what you're yeah there. got it sorry i'm a bit slow on
0: that it's It's all right that was for like the one person who's like sam's corny but i understood the joke i'm like as long as you get the reference uh but yes thank you all for your answers um i think spiders are fine um the only time i've really played or fought against a spider that i can remember is in jedi fallen order where they had like space spiders who had like big boot booties and so like every time they shoot booties like they would attack you. And I just found that hilarious, to be honest. I'm like, oh, look at your tail. It's because you have a big booty. It's <laughs> so like, oh. And you also glow red for some reason. But that's fine. <laughs> like, that's just the force telling me to dodge. Um, But hey, if you would you like to answer if you like spiders or not in games, if you would love to do that, you can join our Discord. Link is on gameravenreview.com. And we'll be right back with the main segment of our podcast. See you there. And welcome back to the Game Raven Review Podcast with our main segment. This week, we're going to talk about localization and translation in games. Our first question is What projects are you working on and what languages are you working with, have worked with? And we're going to start with Jen.
1: Oh, okay. So I'm working on Law Mage Academy. It's a role playing game. And role playing games, RPGs tend to have a huge script, you know, and to have a huge Word document. So right now I'm working just on English, but I do plan to work. After English, I do plan to work on Japanese next because it's the next biggest market for role-playing games. So that's why I chose Japanese, which I would imagine would be different for other genres of games. So, so far, that's what I have because this is my first game. So that's why um, I'm, I'm focusing on and I'm, I'm only one person working with some other people every now and then. That's why I can't focus on a lot of languages right off the bat. But that's it for me. Uh, What about you both? Uh,
3: Yeah. um, Well, actually, um, what projects am I working on right now? If by projects you mean games, um, because I'm working on (laughs) some other things that may as well be projects, but not necessarily games. Um, I'm working on Crisala right now, uh, action RPG with sentient anthropomorphic cats and rodents, which are pretty badass. Um, But I like what uh, Jin said about he did his market research in order to know to which languages to localize his game. Um, For the research that we've done for Chrysalis so far, um, we are aiming at... Um releasing the demo, I mean, we're we're talking about demo here, not not full game, right? But to ifix, which is English, French, Italian, German, and Spanish. That's like the proper term for all of these like main languages, right? But I mean, again, to be an indie dev and to think about localization can be daunting and can be expensive but it's an investment. So considering the need for a publisher and that we're going to get one, uh, we're thinking about those to begin with, at least. But uh, market research is very important to know into which games to localize.
0: Very nice. And let's go on to the next question, which would be, what is localization and why is that important? I'm um, start with you, Boda.
3: Okay, so I think that for starters, we should like differentiate or maybe like what are the differences between translation and localization? Because when we talk about video games, we talk about localization, not translation. Um, Translation is like precise, you know, accurate, complete, like you go word for word translating what's on the source text to the target language. Right? But when we talk about localization, we mean a translation that is user-oriented. Uh, this often requires non-linguistic adaptations that seeks to resonate with the target audience. So this means that we want the game to have the same effect on the culture and in the language of the player to which it is localized than the one that it's that it was made originally, right? Like Gene was saying, he's focusing in English. When he starts to localize it into Japanese, maybe some things just, you can't translate it, translate them like word for word, you know? You have to look for the same impact in what you're saying in the source language to the target language. So that's the idea. When you localize, you localize ideas or emotions rather than just words. You need to think in terms of intention, of the original text. Like you are translating something that is supposed to be funny, or is it something that is supposed to provoke certain emotions? It is very, very, very likely that even within the same range of languages, I mean, some jokes don't function the same way if you're um talking to someone who is from Britain, from the UK or whatever, than someone who is from the US. So uh, you need to think of the way to cause the same effect but without losing sense uh, in the language that you're localizing it into does that make sense um if i will have to make an example curse words for instance if any of you are familiar with curse words um, they don't translate the same right so maybe uh, for example that wouldn't go in Italian or in Spanish, for example. So, you need to change that. You cannot translate individual who gets into sexual intercourse with another person's mom. That just wouldn't cut it. It just wouldn't make sense. Your player would be would, would left with, like, what? what? What is this? What is this? So, you need to translate that. You need to localize it into something that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I really like that boat. I was gonna say curse words too. Uh, it's an easy example. It's an easy example. Yeah, yeah. Before I go to another aspect of localization, I just wanna take off from that point that for example in, in Japanese, and Sam you would know this, right? In in Japanese, they don't really do just one specific curse word, unlike it, you know, or one specific expression like in, in English, it's motherfucker, or in some in French they have different expressions, idioms. But in Japan, or in Japanese, it's very contextual. You could be saying, get in the car. But it's very, very insulting. Because the way Japanese works, how informal you talk to someone, because there are different forms of talking to someone, how informal you talk to someone, that can be insulting. If you don't talk to them in the proper formal manner, it could be insulting. So it works that differently. And Sometimes you can insult someone based on, on your behavior rather than on the specific word. So exactly, uh, localization, you're trying to translate. You're trying to, to localize the emotions in, in a way that makes sense in their context. Another, another aspect of localization is also you know, promoting your game, uh, naming characters in your game. You don't just... Ideally, you try to use names that make sense Uh, In in the region, which is why in Genshin Impact, some characters are named differently in the Chinese version, in the global version, and in the Japanese version. So in the Chinese version, there's this character called Chi-Chi. She's a healer. In the global version, she's called Chi-Chi, uh, spelled with a Q, Q -Q Q-I-Q-I. But in Japan, it's called Nana. Nana (laughs) Nana-chan. You know, and the voice acting, the name is different, spelled differently, the voice actors. In Japan, uh, Japanese voice actors say it differently, you know, it's also an na So, because I guess it makes more sense. It's easier to say for Japanese people than Chi-Chi. Also, like, the market itself, example, in China, you, your market thinks differently in China because it goes through a different marketing process as compared to the U.S. and Europe and Japan. You know, the government has different regulations. They may, they may have their own platforms as well, so... Uh, back then like maybe back then uh they didn't have steam so or maybe in some countries they don't have steam or they don't have any of these platforms now steam is much very much accessible but steam is trying to think of having a separate
3: service for china so you have to think of those little things doesn't steam in china ha- in china has like 80 games or something like that i heard
1: yeah that. i
3: think so so
1: like th- those are things you have to think about right uh in russia is it any different in russia how do you promote games in russia what are the the you know those categories you, you have different ratings the age ratings you could have there are some differences though yeah kind of close but there are some differences the age ratings and the categories those all form part of localization because you're you're selling to a region basically in the general sense You're you're selling to a different region or a different country and you have to take into consideration the requirements and how to sell a product in this country. So that's another aspect of localization.
3: Localization has a such a wide umbrella. Um just to give another quick 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 example. Um the metric system or the the system that you guys have in the US. Um time formats, um colors that are used have you ever played, like, a game that it's Japanese and you get, like, the X and the circle buttons, like, mixed up? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a cultural <laughs> thing that in... Now, now I'm going to step on Jin's uh, toes here, but um, in Japan, the X has a negative connotation, so you cancel with X and you yeah. uh, press accept with circle. So that's localization as well. That's culturalization. I mean, it's a big umbrella.
4: Yeah, I don't know if they really have the check mark. You know, that's their circle, the maru. It's like, for us, it's a check mark. What is? I, I've been so like indoctrinated into Japanese culture that I'm like, what do we even use in America? Isn't it? It's It's oh, it's just the right red slash in the circle, I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that actually makes me feel a lot better because I grew up with a Nintendo, and um, I you know. I always get confused with the X and the O and it doesn't Mm. make any sense to me. But, you know, to me, X is no (laughs) and O is yes. (laughs) So that's a small way that, you know, just me as an American, I've, you know, growing up with video games has influenced the way that I I see the world. That's so fascinating (laughs) to me.
3: Yeah.
0: We kind of touched on it already, but I've just maybe get a little bit more clarification from you guys. Do you believe that all games need localization? i'm sorry with you bode
3: it depends it depends on which type of game but just i mean there are games have you have you guys ever played like this game um baba is you have you ever played that one
1: i know that one i haven't played it but i i know that one
3: well there's like there's the game right that every element uh has its own word and you move elements around you know and if you if you form right uh, flag is win then you automatically win if you form uh, water is hard you can walk uh, on top of the water right um when the game's mechanics in itself uh, are the core uh of the game, then it's pretty damn hard. You have to like break it down and start over. Um, but uh, I want to exemplify my answer with something that I was talking with a, a lady that worked in localization uh, for God of War uh, and for Spider-Man Minds Morales, who is, is a partner of mine. Sara, if you're listening to this because I sent you the link, hi. Um, <laughs> I'm Argentinian, right? But the Spanish that we receive here in Argentina is adapted to, like, 17 other countries, so it's pretty neutral is the word they use. But for them in in Spain, they get, like, their Spanish, you know? Their Spanish, their own language. So for them, it's beautiful. Uh, What I'm trying to say with this, uh, if you're going to... Do all games need localization? no but why if you're gonna do it poorly if you're gonna do it badly if you're not gonna localize it if you're just gonna put it through a machine translation kind of thing then don't do it if you're gonna do it the wrong way if you're gonna do it like fuck it i'm just gonna translate it and so that more people are gonna play my game no they're not they're gonna trash it so if you don't know how to do it listen to this episode. But if you are going to do it badly, don't do it. Just do it in your own native language. And when the time comes, find someone who can give you assistance.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's really an issue of, when you say localization, it's about making your game more accessible to other cultures and other markets. Yes, it's accessibility, 100%. But the thing is, not all games were designed for for all cultures. There are some games, for example... Uh, so my answer here is it depends, right? Uh, it depends on the kind of game because some games are for educational purposes or for a specific demographic, you know, for kids in the Philippines or kids in Japan or, or kids in Asia it could be like that. So maybe... maybe And if you're an indie dev, you're a very small developer, uh, you don't have the funds for it. It's not like you need need to localized passion project or a really small project. English is good enough. You're already reaching a lot of people with English alone. Uh, And and besides, a lot of games, uh, like all majority of games are being developed in English anyway. So I guess it doesn't, not all games need it. There's so many factors that you have to consider. Can you afford it? Uh, Is it worth, even if you can afford it, like is it worth what you're getting back? Like, is it cost-efficient or cost-effective? Is it, is it going to be appreciated in the region? Because you might localize in China and then they don't appreciate it, right? You might localize in Russia or in Asia and they they don't like, they disagree or they really are against the game. So some games are like that. So it really depends on the type of game uh, you're making.
3: Market research is crucial uh, yeah. to see what your next step has to be. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you, man. Right.
1: So not all, but it really depends on your game.
3: Yeah, and I th- I believe that, uh, like a side note, not all games need localization, but nothing compares to you playing a game and for your game to be in your native language and to be done properly. Yeah. No- nothing can beat that. And it is something that for english speaking people uh it goes below the radar um because it's like okay well like everyone speaks english no not everyone speaks english um so not all games need localization but like most gamers do so if you want if you've done your market research properly you know which type of players you want to reach where do they play where are they what language do they speak then it's always a nice thing to do it properly um, if you're lucky enough to get a publisher or if you're lucky enough to get even better a localization partner to do that research for you with you to walk you through it um, your, your players are going to appreciate it, but with the proper research. Otherwise, if you just like, okay, I'm going to translate this into 15 languages just because to reach more people, then, then you're f***ing up.
0: Now, you, we kind of hinted towards it a little bit earlier, so I'm just going to ask this question as well. Are there any examples that you guys would like to give of localizations that have been done poorly and or also done well? Jen, let's start with you.
1: Yeah, I watched this video about The Legend of Dragoon for the PS1. Uh, It was released in 1999 and it was, I guess it started as Japanese. The original was in Japanese and they localized it to English. But during that time uh, localization and translations in video games wasn't really that established yet. So you had characters... (laughs) So they tried, right, from, from Japanese to English and they were picking out names. I heard, uh, and you, maybe you can confirm this in Google, but the process that the developers or the writers had when picking the names was they just took some whatever English names they could, they could find to name, the na- to, to name the main characters. So one of the characters was a king. Uh, main character goes to your party. He's a king and his name is Albert. So it's King Albert.
0: Oh. And it's like
1: the most common name, commoner name. Uh, maybe there's been King Alberts, but when you think of a king, Albert is not the first name that's going to come to your head as an English person, right? <laughs> so and it's just King Albert. And <laughs> the, the, the video with the guy just doing commentary was really laughing at it, making a joke out of it. And I, I get it because, again, now nowadays you look at the kings in Final Fantasies and other other games, you, you don't hear a King Albert. You don't hear a, a... Although there is a Prince Charles right now, you don't really hear a King Charles, right? Think of some other badass kingly name and and some kingly family name. But this one's really just King Albert. Uh, and and that becomes a problem. You know, it, it might... Maybe back then, it wasn't much of a big deal. But now, looking back, you know, they could have done a better job at it. and And sometimes the death... Another game was Destrega, which is like a f- magic fighting game in the PS1. And I'm not sure if it's good or bad because it, it did expand my vocabulary as a non-native English speaker. When you die, it says, you got annihilated. And there, there's, no, there's no voice acting there. So I didn't know how to pronounce it. So I've, in my head, it's annihilated. Uh... Maybe you could have done. You could have said it in a different way. Some games did that. Some Japanese games that were translated to English. And as a Filipino, I'm playing this game translated from Japanese to a poorly localized version of English, and it's it's sort of it sort of confuses. It might confuse your audience a bit. To be fair, again, no. To be fair, these, this was like twenty years ago, so it may seem bad looking back from this time but back then this was probably the best I had access to so I couldn't complain I didn't know what was good or bad localization but it could have definitely been better
3: yeah I have like two examples closer to, to nowadays because yeah I mean back in the day there wasn't much thought put into localization there wasn't even like it is a very young industry I mean to really put the love and thought into what you are doing when you're making something into another language is kind of new. But um, I have one that for me it's terrible, but it's, this is a cultural thing. Um, there was this Tomb Raider game for PS2, The Angel of Darkness. Um, we had it with that name here in the Western Hemisphere. But in Japan, it was actually localized um, as Tomb Raider the Pretty Fugitive, <laughs> which which sucks so bad, but it's like super culturally um, representative of how Japan... Um, shows women in games and even showed women in games in the early 2000s, back in the PlayStation 2 days. But that's a, like a, a crappy transcreation uh, example because, I mean, when you take things and you transform them into something that makes sense for the target audience, you transcreate them, You ju- you don't just localize them, right? But then there's another one that it's pretty cool. Uh, And again, Jin, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna ask you about it too. I understand that the Uncharted 3 game for PS3 um, is uh, Uncharted 3 Drake's Deception, right? For us. But in Japan, it was localized to Uncharted Atlantis, which sleeps in the desert. I don't know. I'm not gonna say it in Japanese because I'm gonna destroy it. The name, but I mean, it it is wordy. I mean, but it makes sense in Japanese, mm. right? Because deception has like this negative connotation as well for Japanese, and from what I've heard, Japanese like a little bit more hints on what's going, on, what's gonna come up in the game so that's like two examples that i remember right now that i can show you guys on a podcast uh, that people are going to listen to uh, <laughs> if we, if i had a like if i could share my screen i could share a bunch of others
4: i have something to chime in with it's not a video game but i don't know if i'm sure some of you have seen the pokemon tv show from the 90s and there's a part where they have quote unquote donuts <laughs> And they're really just onigiri, which are rice balls. And to me, that's an example of overlocalization. Like we can't like we can't allow any sort of other like ethnic anything to get through because Americans won't get it. We have to whitewash this for American audiences and just completely decimate any any like shred of Japanese in this show. And to me, I think that's doing a disservice to the actual culture. The show comes from, like, just call them rice balls. And then people go, well, what's a rice ball? Look it up. Oh, that's interesting. You know?
3: Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, Yeah.
4: I say that's poorly done, (laughs) overly. Mm -hmm.
0: done. Going back to localization and kind of the thing about Pokemon, um, there's a little TV show some people might have heard of called Power Rangers and Power Rangers and I forget the seasons. But before there was a Power Rangers season called Power Rangers Samurai, Power Rangers was kind of done here in the West, a.k.a. America. So I guess Japan was kind of like, cool, great, don't need those losers anymore, and decided to make Power Rangers Samurai, well, their version of Super Sentai, where they were themed as after being like Samurai. Well, America then came back and was like, no, but we want to do Power Rangers, though. And it's like, "Okay, cool, you'll be Power Rangers Samurai. We've had ninjas. Why can't we have samurai? There's like a line that's kept in that is so weird. And there's a guy who does like History of Power Rangers, which is a really good series. And he brings it up that Saban, who is here for America, who does the Power Rangers series, just want to do a one to one. Like there was going to be no localization. It was just going to literally be we get their script, I guess run it through Google Translate, and then bam, that was going to be it. But people looked at that and was like, well, that's stupid. Don't do that. And so they didn't. And they kind of made it more American y, even though they shoot it like in New Zealand, I believe. And there's some lines that are left in where one of the characters, like when talking about like a new character that shows up, well, he's not a real samurai. He doesn't have the bloodline. And it's like, bloodline? You're you're American. (laughs) Like maybe you got married into it. I don't know. But um a lot of y'all look light or kind of white. (laughs) Like, not judging, I just, like, you you don't look like you really have that in your familial history. But just reading all the articles that came out, like, yeah, they didn't do much of localization. They kind of just translated it and didn't change enough. So you get lines like that that kind of just feel odd to see African-American man talking about how Samurai doesn't run into someone else's family who is speaking Spanish, but the actor is actually Filipino. And it's like, oh, well, that's that's kind of weird. But again, hey, it's Power Rangers. We're just going (laughs) to be here and be weird.
4: Puppet, you recently played um, Doki Doki Literature Club. And uh, that game is not a Japanese game, but they put a little joke in there about localization and translation which i thought was pretty fun was that one of the characters names is monica and someone else makes a joke like oh you don't like squid but it's in your name and the other person's like that's not gonna translate that's not gonna that joke doesn't work in translation
3: (laughs) yeah that's a perfect example of yeah you need to adapt that into something that it's equally funny for the people that are gonna play the game yeah
4: that was part of the joke, though, is that it's. I think it's. I don't believe it's a Japanese game. The the it's Team Salvado. I think made it, and they're mm-hmm. none of their names are Japanese. So, I thought that was a funny nod because T- Puppet was like, "Huh? I don't get it." And I was like chuckling because her name in her name the word squid exists. It's Ika, and I thought no one's gonna get that, but for the very few people who do know Japanese, they're gonna think that's pretty funny. So I think that is a, that's to me, an example of well done. It's like an inside joke. Almost
2: that game does so much so well in breaking
4: the fourth wall and like calling out, you know, uh, things like that. It's like ribbing the badly done <laughs> localization of other games <laughs> and translation. Exactly. Like oh, this doesn't translate.
0: So let's go ahead and get to our last question that we have here as well. For an indie dev with limited resources, what are some of the ways they can integrate localization into their games?
3: Well, as a, an indie dev myself and someone who also works in a localization company, I think that I can uh, talk a little bit about about both sides. Um, you don't have to have money. You don't have to uh, know much to start thinking about localization uh, like right now, right after this episode ends. Um, Because there are several things that you can do uh, right now. For instance, just for you to know, um, some languages are up to 30 to 40% longer than English. So if you make adaptable text boxes for your UI, that alone can make uh, the translator's job a lot easier in the future because they won't have to like uh, make shortened words or try to see what type of word can I add here because I only have six characters to translate something um at the same time uh. If you, after you do your market research, you can, you figure out that you want to tackle the, uh, the Arabic players, um, keep in mind that the Arabic language, uh, goes backwards, like from right to left, instead of from left to right. Like we are used to, uh, in, in the Western hemisphere. Yeah. No,
1: very interesting points. Like I haven't thought of that. The, the Arabic I mean, I do know that it's right to left, but oh, yeah, I haven't thought of that. And the the adaptable text box, like I, I never thought that would that would be an issue, but now that you mentioned it, yes, it it might actually be an issue because that I have some of those limitations in my engine, which is RPG Maker, and sometimes I do have to pick certain words instead. Uh, so so indie devs. Um, for me, I'd focus on uh, like doing your market research and kn- knowing really well about the genre of the game that you're doing, and look checking out the, the sales of, of those genres, w- which regions do they perform very well? Because given that you have limited resources, you have to prioritize, and uh, you don't have to localize in all of the regions. Triple A companies and Big, big game companies, they do that because they they, they have practically, you know, uh, unlimited budget. (laughs) But for you, you're not a company. And if you're like me, who's making your first game, you're starting out, you don't have a publisher. uh, You know, for me, I'm spending most of my money on art because I'm prioritizing art right now. Uh, But when you do come to the point that you're considering localization and then you realize I can't, i can't localize in every single language in the world so what are your top 3 languages so you have to you have to know which languages you want and then take into account your does your game uh, does your game facilitate that language enough if not what are the things you have to tweak in your game to facilitate it there's some jokes some names, some puns, as, as mentioned earlier, might not come across perfectly, and it might be difficult. That's extra work, extra brain work for the translators <laughs> to to think of what do you put there instead? Where are the names you should put there instead? Or maybe maybe some some actions of the characters might be, not be a big deal, but for other cultures, it's offensive. You know you just don't know. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't know up until your localizer or your translator brings it up to you. So, so things like that. Just be open and do your research as well.
3: Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow up on what you said just now. Uh, If you indeed have a localization partner team, whatever communication is key. So, how do you communicate with your um, log team, log team? Well, first and foremost, uh, to have a glossary from your games uh, terms, even more if you're making. An RPG or a fantasy game, you know to have glossaries for translators to understand what they are uh, seeing on the file. Um, is key style guides as well. Um, you know all you as a developer, you know all the secrets of your game, and you have your thoughts on how you want your game's messages to be portrayed in the language that you conceived it in but to have a style guide for your translators can help them perform and do the translation in the way that you originally thought about the game in your own language this can help the translator define tone if uh, someone is uh, saying something casually or formally linguistic characteristics um, what sort of files uh, are your tra- is your translator going to use? Uh, who is the target audience? Uh, stuff like that. Style guides and glossaries are key. Also, keep in mind uh, the font that you're going to use for your game. Um, not all alphabets have the same um, characters, right? We were talking about spiders earlier. And... I don't remember who asked me how do you say spider in Spanish, which is araña. That ña sound, it's an N with like a little dash on top. It's our ñ in Spanish. You guys don't have that. And if you're translating spider, you can't have it arana, like with an N. Or, or otherwise, if the font doesn't support that character, it's going to come off as a block or as a question mark or something. It breaks the game. It's a bug. It's a linguistic bug. So how can you prepare your game for localization? Keep in mind the font, keep in mind an adaptable UX, make a style guide, make a glossary and do your market research. All of these things, you can do them without a penny. Uh, And this, if you're an indie dev, make sure to put it on your pitch deck because publishers like to know that you're prepared and that you've done your research that you know where your game is going to succeed you know what do you need from the get-go to localize your game without them doing all the work. And also you guarantee that your IP is safe because you did the research for your baby and you don't just hand it over to a publisher to do whatever they want with it. So all of those things.
0: Thank you both for joining us this week. And Bode, where can they find you on the social media? I'm Astral
3: Bode, A-S-T-R-A-L-B-O-D-E, Astral Bode. I'm on Twitter most of the time.
0: And Jen, where can they find you? Um,
1: usually in Twitter, at Lawmage Academy. I changed the Twitter tag. And also in Facebook, Lawmage Academy. See you guys there.
0: Thank you both for joining us. And also, Puppet, where can they find you?
2: I am Puppetmaster N. That's Puppetmaster E N. And you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and even Facebook.
0: Whitefoot.
4: I am pretty much only on Instagram at Adamanta Whitfoot. That's Adam A Whitfoot.
0: And Taz, what are your social medias?
5: Social medias. You can find me at Devil 3 on all forms of social media. I do stream on Twitch every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, as well as on uh, the GameRaven Twitch channel on uh, Wednesdays, playing indie games.
0: And thank you so much for tuning in to the Game Raven Review podcast. I've been your host, Sam, and you can find me on all social media under Sam DFW. And as always, you can find the Game Raven pages on Twitter and Twitch as Game Raven Review and our website GameRavenReview.com. And also join our Discord. Have a fantastic week and until next time, goodbye. Emery